know it's me that's talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. You. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to My Guy Reviews, the podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to My Guy Reviews. Today, My Guy Monkey's going to do the whole intro, outro, everything, because we're doing a Halloween special. Yes, welcome Over to, to My, you. Guy. My Guy Reviews, the podcast. Um, we're taking a break. For, for Halloween, from doing our usual video game adaptations. Um, and um, yeah, I thought we would re- go through another game book. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what a game book is and what's going on? No. No? <laughs> How long are doing Mike and Monkey on this episode? No. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what we do, yeah? One person comes up with a topic and then they ask the other person all the, all the stuff. So. Uh, you've chosen which of the two games? I gave you a choice between Psycho Killer by David yes. Lowry and Night Shift by Victoria Hancocks. Uh, which one did you choose? I chose the one by Mike Lowry. Yes, David Lowry. And we did My actually voice. talk about this one before, yeah? Because you remember the name <laughs> Mike Lowry, right? <laughs> yes. I remember talking about it ages ago. Um, so, yeah, last year we played, at Halloween, we played through a game book called House of Hell, which is a classic um, game book from the fighting fantasy series from the 80s. Uh, and this year, our two choices are modern version, modern game books. Um, within the last three years-ish, I think both of them are. Um, so yeah, do you know what what we're up against, what, what it's about? Do you have uh, there's any? A, there's you a psycho it? and there's a killer on the loose. And we need to evade them. Yes, which one is the psycho and which one is the killer? It may be the same thing. <laughs> we'll find uh, out. No spoilers. So basically, game books are books that uh, you get to choose at the end of each section what your character or you um, do, and it dots around the book um, to see what outcome happens from that. And I guess in Psycho Killer, you're going to have to survive against the psycho. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, this book has a load of stats. Um, basically, it's it works a lot like the Fighting Fantasy series. It's got a, a health beta stat called Endurance, um, Strength, which is your fighting skill, really. Uh, but it's also got a load of others, Agility, Intelligence, Charisma, fort- Fortune, um, and Sanity. Um, so if your Endurance or Sanity goes to zero, I believe you die or if your sanity goes to zero you have to turn to a specific paragraph um and your sanity starts at 12 your endurance starts at 12 plus two six-sided dice and all the rest start at one d6 and plus six very similar to um fighting fantasy um you could you have to might have to test these things throughout um and I said I'd roll up, roll you up a character beforehand. Um, but what I thought would be fun is uh, I've actually rolled the dice and I thought you could choose what stats they could go into. So which ones you think might be important, which ones you want to have higher and lower. So we've got, you've got to put two dice into endurance and yep. one into each of strength, agility, intelligence, charisma and fortune. So are you... Thinking any of particularly you want to go higher and lower, 
Oh, so endurance is like stamina uh, based yes. on Bloodborne. Um, yes. You need good stamina to be able to dodge and okay. also run away. Yeah. It's always a good. So um, <clears throat> the ability to run and run like Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, I mean, I would put more on endurance first. Okay, good. So well, I've ro- I rolled the dice. We've got two sixes, a five, two fours, a three, and a two to put into all these stats. So. Um, do you want to put your, both sixes into endurance, or do you want to spread them out a bit more? Oh, spread them out, spread them out, keep share, spread the love. So, what would you like to put into endurance out of those Six. dice? Rolls? Both sixes, because yeah. that's the one that uses two dice. Okay, so oh, you're okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. You're as powerful as possible on that with twenty-four endurance. That's good. Yeah, so um, run away. Any situation will run away. Uh, and we've got strength, agility, intelligence, charisma, and fortune. Uh, fortune is fortune is like luck, luck in yeah. in uh, in fighting fantasy, and strength is the same as skill. So yeah, what do you think? It's a tough one. I'm thinking uh, intelligence or luck is my next guess. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think luck because that means if there's a if you're running towards a window, the chances of it being open, be able to jump out. So yeah, the okay. the, ch- the chance. Cool. So we'll luck. put five into that, which puts you into eleven fortune. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what? Uh, what next then? Intelligence. Um, agility, strength, intelligence, charisma. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's tough because now these are all quite quite similar, but at the same time, is agility massively different to endurance? Does agility give me like a dog-like agility to be able well, to leap really high can, and really far? The way the tests work in this is rolling two dice against one of these skills, and endurance you're not likely to be rolling against because it's such a bigger number i don't think they'll be rolling against that one so i'm guessing agility is the one for running um, but yes. it's worth noting that also on the character sheet is a thing called survivors which says seven so that might influence what you might what skills you might need i don't know um i'll go for let's go for charisma next okay the ability charisma. to be able to chat up the psycho killer and charm him and with a bit of luck, knock him over. All your strength. Push him over. You haven't put anything into him. Ah, yes, I haven't. No, that's what I mean. Just literally push him. So his strength might be the last thing I've put money in. Okay, yes, okay. charisma. So, yeah, okay, so I've put a four into charisma. You've got another four to put in, and you've got a three and a two. Agility. Four into agility, okay. So you've got 10 agility and 10 fortune. Sorry, 10 charisma. 11.14. That just leaves intelligence and strength. Which one do you want the most of on these? Intelligence stuff? next. Wow, you are going to be weak. You're going to lose the first fight you get into, you know that. Well, I don't, I don't need to, do I? I can outsmart yes. the killer and Hope also so. use my... Like, I'm, I'm basing this now on Fallout scenario, where if you've got charisma, <laughs> you're able to sway the conversation in your to your advantage that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking i've got it i've got it down i think i want this okay i need any strength got it. but give me some strength though i do need some yeah you've got strength the last number has gone in there you now have eight strength which oh, is it's one better than seven which is the lowest it could have been so <laughs> yeah you get in a fight um the way fights work in this is you roll a strength against another person's strength um but unlike fighting vanity multiply it by luck you take the difference away and you don't, you can't use luck as far as I know in, in the fights. Ah. But you might have to use them at some point. Use it. 
Um, so yeah, charisma. If you if you fail a charisma test, you'll lose one of your charisma because it knocks your confidence. And fortune is the same as luck in fighting fantasy. You lose one every time you use it, so your luck can run out. But apart from that, there's not much else to say about them. So let's get started. Yes. Are you ready, Mister? High luck and charisma. Yes. And agility. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything's great. You're going to be fine. <laughs> okay. So December seventeenth, ten twenty-two a.m. Incident number EXY nine. No, I won't read all that. Police were called to a suburban house at twelve twenty-two a.m. on Friday the seventeenth of December. So this is technically a Halloween slash Christmas Halloween. Uh, game book. After neighbours reported a possible disturbance at the house, units arrived at 10.28 and there was no answer at the door. Background checks indicated that the house was the residence of Mr and Mrs Bone and their three children, Thomas, 16, and twins Isaac and Isabel, aged 10. Two cars were on the drive and the sound of a television could be heard. After several attempts, there was still no answer at the door. The officers, concerned about the safety of the occupants, decided to act. Officers Shaw and Walker, both veterans of the department, forced entry to the house. The front door gave easily, and the first thing that they noticed was a metallic odour. They entered under caution. This is the way, this is what they found. Turn to one. So that's the background. Um, They're inside the house. These two police officers. Yes. Yes. So so you're not actually playing your main character yet. You're playing a police officer right now. Um, So this is the opening here. The door gave easily and Walker heads in before you. I guess you're sure. Her right hand on her holstered sidearm. You follow and find you are in a long straight hallway with two doors on the left hand side. One on the right and a door straight ahead. Walker gestures that you stay together and clear the rooms one by one. You nod in agreement. Which door will you suggest Walker tries first? If it's the first door on the left or the second door on the left or the right hand door or straight ahead to the door at the end of the corridor. You've got to go first left. First left, of course. Systematic, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you what um, paragraphs. So numbers are um, just as last time we played these you might want to note them down in case you make a mistake and you want to go back and cheat but you might hopefully you won't have to do that so we're going to 329 and also if I forget what paragraph I've turned to <laughs> help with what you know we're on 329 we're going to 329 now what were we on before one number one okay so I can remember that yes need to roll back to one the gesture you gesture first left and Walker walk, approaches the door. She reaches for the handle and turns and pushes. The door opens with a slight squeal of protest and you both step through. It's a dining room with a large oak table in the centre and five oak chairs around it. The table is unlaid and the room is tidy and neat. There's no one in the room. There's a closed door to your right. You can either head into the room and check the door or you can do you can go back into the hallway and try another door. It's a closed door. Well, let's go check it. 
Yeah, let's check it out. Okay, one six four. That is. Yeah, you never know. My luck might just mean it'll just open. Yeah, that might just be the next room along the corridor. You take point and approach the door and listen. You hear the sound of a TV, but it's indistinct and quite quiet and appears to be drifting in from somewhere else. You open the door and find you are in a kitchen. Um, okay, find you are in a kitchen. Three, one, four. So we're changing straight to turning straight to three one four, so maybe that was a another way to get to this room. Okay. Okay, I'm seeing a um, there's an illustration with a lot of Polaroid photos, marked kitchen, and this is let's see what's going on. The kitchen is a good size with a breakfast island still with leftover cereal, toast, and milk on the counter. There are two cups of what you assume is tea or coffee. You pick one up and feel the side of the cup. Cold. Cold. You check the carton, the carton of milk. Warm, meaning it's been left out of the fridge for too long. You pick up a used cereal bowl. Some uneaten cocoa pops are welded to the side of the bowl, again indicating the bowl has been there some time. You test, test Officer Shaw's intelligence. Okay, so Shaw has an intelligence of seven, because this isn't yes. your character. And we're going to roll dice, we need to roll seven or less. Okay, before we do anything, can I eat yes. the Cocoa Pops? Because I love Cocoa Pops. Yes, go ahead. Yes. You may eat the Cocoa Pops. The milk is warm and uh, kind of sweet. Exactly. But you can't that, tell because the Cocoa Pops have made the milk chocolatey. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I love Cocoa Pops. Okay, so I've eaten my Cocoa Pops, I'm full. I've got loads of sugar in me. Um, I'm going to crash at some point, but let's roll that dice. Okay, Being let's roll the dice. Um, with an intelligence of seven and, and the recent news of police, poli what police have been getting up to, this isn't looking good. I've, and, um, I've rolled the dice, digital dice, and we've got 11, which is way over seven. So she has failed her intelligence test. Sorry about that. I could have let you roll for it and just tell me, but you, know, you could cheat. No, that sounds fine. So we so we don't have enough intelligence to proceed. So turning to 22, because we were un, un, we failed the intelligence test. Seeing nothing else of interest in the kitchen, you can either return back to the corridor or try another door. Alternatively, there is a door to the right from the kitchen into another room. Let's go back to the corridor, because I don't know if I came from that door. OK. We did come from a door. I don't know if it's that one because mentally you can't picture. I, I think it's a different door. Let's go back to the corridor. Let's see what happens. Okay. 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 Back to one. So, which door do you want to take? The second door on the left, or the door on the right, or straight ahead? Let's go to the second one this time now. Okay. I see a floor in this book already, which is good for you because actually, am I right? So the door on the second door on the left. Is that what you said? Yes, that's because we've been through the first door. Yeah. Now let's try the second door. It's three one four. So we're back in the kitchen, which means I guess you get to do your intelligence test again. Maybe yes. you'll spot something. Let's yes. try it. Let's do it again. I like it. it. It doesn't doesn't say not to, so I guess you can get away. <laughs> I mean, it's a new page, of course. Yeah. Let's see if we do better. I can't see that. Four five. 
Yes, we've passed it. Oh, we did it fine. Two nine one. Let's see what see what we should be finding. Two nine one. Um, scanning the kitchen work surfaces, you notice a knife rack on the wall. You walk over and see that there is space for various different sized knives. At least two knives are missing. If you want to leave the kitchen and return to one, otherwise there is a door to the right from the kitchen. So this is a fresh door, I think. Yeah, see that door to the right now, because it's forced, yeah. it's kind of like said to me twice. Hey, mm. there's a door here. Look at me. Look at yeah. me. It's funneling us that way. So do yeah. you want to return and try a different door? See what's happened? Yes, yes. You do. Fair. You're going to return. OK, what door this time then? Right or straight ahead? Straight ahead. Let's go for it. Straight ahead. Oh, to go straight ahead of the door, turn to 269. So I guess it's the same room. If we're finally getting into the 269. Yes. Which means we might be missing out on that right turn because it's funneling us. Ah, uh, we'll see. It's too late now. Yeah, go ahead. Made, um, I made a decision. I can't go back. <laughs> I can't sit on the fence. This time, Walker takes the lead and she listens intently at the door. She signals that the TV is louder from behind this door. You nod and indicate to proceed with caution and open the door. As soon as Walker opens the door, a strong metallic odour hits your nostrils, one you are far too familiar with, blood. Turn to, two, to three, five, six. Uh, yes. Five, six, what's happening? Well, there's a lot of uh, evidence photos here. By the looks of it, three, five, six. How are we doing for time? We're hoping to do about an hour. Yeah. So yeah. So the door opens onto a scene of horror. It's a typical family room. Two large sofas at right angles dominate the room. That's horrible. Horrific. <laughs> in front of them is a large flat screen TV. Oh, that's terrible. In front of that TV is a small boy. Oh, no, even worse. He's facing away from you, but lying on the floor face down. Head propped. Head propped. On his hands. Oh, OK. His legs kicking casually back and forth. Oh, no, no, he's alive. Sorry. He's no, alive. No. It's fine. You want to keep, you do, do you want to shoot oh, the boy? It's too late. No, I was just, I thought, oh my God, a zombie-like kid is laying there. <laughs> shoot him. No. No, he's kicking his legs watching TV. I don't think there's any zombies in this. So he seems immersed in the TV, which is currently playing Family Guy. What's a kid play, watching Family Guy for? Yes. That's oh, a no. Show. It's a bad sign. You assume this boy is Isaac, one of the twins. Around him lay three bodies. The closest is an adult male who is sitting on one of the sofas. You assume this is Mr. Bone. His head is thrown back and his green eyes are staring unseeingly at the ceiling above. He's wearing a grey t-shirt and trousers. At least you think the shirt was once grey, as it is now red with blood which has congealed around seemingly dozens of stab wounds on his chest, arms and head. Lying on the floor in front of him is an adult female, probably Mrs. Bone. Her long hair is dark and matted and she is wearing a pale yellow blouse and dark trousers, although both are also covered in blood. 
Finally, there's the figure of an adolescent boy, maybe in his teens. He seems to be peacefully lying on the other sofa. But when you approach, you can see his body fully and realise that he is also dead, but from a single stab wound to the chest. This, you think, must be Thomas. Whoa, there's a lot of dead people here. Yeah, I was going to say, this one kid's alive watching TV. He's got three dead bodies around. It's chilling. Blood blood covers the elegant furnishings of the room. Arterial spray covers the floor and ceiling by Mr. Bone. Um, Blood has has pooled on the cream carpet under Mrs. Bone. Only Thomas, in a plain grey t-shirt, appears to be relatively blood-free, as there was only a single stab wound. Turn to 375. But we're assuming the kid's names, aren't we? So we don't really know his name's Thomas. No, we're, he, yeah, the officers assumed. <gasps> yes. Presumably, yes. <laughs> They're using their police intelligence, which was of seven. Which <laughs> yes, is of none, basically, now. yeah. That's terrible. Why would, why, how would they get into the police force? I know. Would that, would that and also being investigating this sort of kind of crime? Yeah, you could maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe they were called to just screaming or something. They didn't know what to expect. Thought it was just a domestic. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, they've just gone in. Yeah, they didn't know what's going on yet. <laughs> okay. So... Although it is beyond doubt that the three are dead, you and Walker quickly check Thomas and the bones for any sign of life. There is none. Yes. Oh. Walker back into the corridors. <laughs> Just make sure they're dead. You, you shoot them several times and plant the gun on the kid and win a comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's okay. So we haven't found the knife yet, have we? Oh yeah, the knife. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a there's a murder. Um, there's, a, there's a weapon out there. Okay. Let's not plant anything yet because we don't. <laughs> we might not need to. Yeah. Okay. We've had a look. They're dead. Carry on. Sorry, I jumped the gun. That's literally. Right. Right. <laughs> Walker, Walker back into the corridor to radio to control, leaving you alone in the room. Having taken in the carnage, you now focus on the little boy. He's still happily watching TV, kicking his legs backwards and forwards and giggling. You approach him, calling out his name. Isaac, son, I'm Officer Shaw. Oh, it's, Rob, it's um, Hobson Shaw. Are, are you OK, son? Talk, talk to me. He ignores you and you walk closer. And crouch down beside him. You put a hand onto his shoulder. Did you pass an intelligence test earlier? I did. Yes or no? Yes. We did. Yes, yes we did. Yes. Uh, if if so, turn to one eight seven. One eight seven. Turning across the book. <laughs> it is clear from here that Isaac. Stop is... there a second. You know, we just turned to one eight seven. You know what 187 stands for, for police slang, police oh, code. What does it stand for? It stands for murder. <gasps> Ooh. Duh, I, I, duh, duh. So can, uh, you hear it a lot in movies, One 187. Yeah, yeah that's so true. We're, we're on page 187. That's wicked. And I, and I bet that's a um, deliberate thing as well, because I think... That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, knowing the author's background a bit, I think that might be very deliberate. Okay, it is clear from here that Isaac is also covered in blood, but more from blood spray than any wounds, as far as you can tell. You remember the knife 
in Thomas's chest. Oh wait, there's a knife in Thomas's chest. And remember that two were missing from the kitchen. I don't remember any of that. Maybe you do. As you think, Isaac turns around with feral speed and slashes with a foot-long carving knife. You dodge back and are able to catch his arm after the blade has whistled past you. Oh, wow. We almost got murdered. You, you bend his wrist and he howls in pain, but the knife drops to the floor, striking the plush carpet with a muffled thud. Oh, turn to two, three, eight, seven. You grab hold of Isaac and restrain him, but he kicks and fights like an animal. His nails gouge skin from your hands. His teeth bite at your fingers. Wow, here's a zombie. He kicks back at you, bruising your leg. I had the chance. Yeah. Yeah, she's just me the head when he's on the floor. Like a real police officer. You may force him to the ground. You pin his arms. No offence to any police officer. You feel that his arms behind his back. He squeals with pain and frustration. You yell for Walker. She runs in. You try to cuff him, but your cuffs are too big for his tiny wrists. Instead, you find some cable ties and secure his hands. You roll him over and sit him up, back propped against the wall. You sit there panting from the effort and look the boy in the eyes. Turn to three three seven. Where are we? Three three seven. The boy stares back at you with hate in his green eyes. His hair is matted with dried blood. His face is covered in blood spray, but none of it appears to be his. His hands look like they have been painted red. You ask what happened. Yeah, he just growls at you. You ask him who hurt his parents. He smiles. You ask him who hurt Thomas. For the first time, you see sadness in his eyes. But still, he does not speak. You hear sirens as outside as reinforcements approach. Soon the detectives take over. CSI quarantine the scene. You give your statement to the lead detective, a young kid called Williamson. All the while, a question sticks in your head. Where the hell is the little girl? Turn to 287. He was sad when his brother died, though. Mm, Yeah, he was sad about that. I mean, he's got some remorse. That might help him in court. (laughs) (laughs) Locking him away. (laughs) Clearly him. He's covered in blood, no question. After giving your statement, you are sidelined from the investigation. As usual, units do the grunt work and the techs take over for the glory. The boy is led away, still under restraint, and social services are called. He's taken downtown where an appropriate adult will be waiting. The scene is processed. Photos are taken. Both knives are bagged and sent for DNA and fingerprints. You keep out of the way and wander back into the study. You hear a whimpering. Your hand does, goes for your gun, jumpy after today. You don't draw, but remove the holster catch. The sound is coming from behind the desk. You sneak round the 
and crouched down, looking up at, looking up at you from the foot space under the desk are a pair of green eyes, eyes wide with shock. You call out a name and tell her you won't hurt her. Slowly you pull back the desk chair and the little girl crawls out and into your arms. You have found her. You have found Isabel. Hooray. Three, four, two. We haven't had to do too much decision making yet. I think because we're kind of this is the, like How the program. How did she follow us to the station? I know this. We, I think we went back into the house. Yeah, we went back into the house, into the room. I guess that room we tried to get into was locked. I don't know. Or maybe we, if we'd got into that room on the right. Yeah. I think that's the study. Maybe we went in there and didn't spot Isabel if we'd gone that way. Yeah, it looks like we found it in the study. Okay, three, four, two. Twenty years later. That's it. We've, we've solved the murder. We did it. We did it. So that's pretty much all prologue. So hopefully we're getting into some adventure now. So this is you now, I guess. Um, 20 years later, 17th of December, 1.30 a.m. Markham House Asylum. The alarms ring. Ooh, asylum. Staff rush towards room 36 of level three, but the cell is empty. Security are checking the cell. They find on the floor the restraints, somehow cut. Outside the metal door is the still form of an orderly, blood pulled from where his head has been caved in. His nightstick and keys are missing. So we're looking at a um, asylum escapee, by looks like. Bloody oh, okay. footprints are heads towards the locked access door and the stairs. But the door is unlocked and the footprints head to freedom. Markham's house most famous resident has left. The practice manager quickly checks CCTV at the gate from the control room. A hulking form in white fatigues walking down the drive carrying a nightstick. It shows two security guards at the gate draw their two sticks and run toward the figure. Hulking figure swings the nightsticks twice. Both men drop to the floor. Even the grainy camera footage can see the blood pooling from their heads. The weird blood pooling in this book so far. The form, the form, the form ducks into the security booth for a moment and then leaves carrying a bag. The figure walks on down the driveway from the gate. The practice manager swallows and reaches for a phone. He dials a number. The phone is answered and the manager just says P36 stroke three has gone and puts the phone back down. Patient 363 stroke mm. three. Yeah, is that relevant as well? Well, patient 363 would mean it's the 363rd patient to me. Slash three would mean it was one of three kids. The third child. Okay, maybe. Um, he, he puts his head. I just thought maybe it was relevant to another movie or something. You might know. Oh, I see. No, no. I thought you know, one eight seven was amazing, but um, no, I can't. I can't pin this on anything yet. Yeah. So if we, if we played Night Shift, that's a lot more puzzle based from what I know. But this one is less so. So hopefully, that's a that's not relevant. <laughs> he puts his head in his hands and starts to cry. Oh, that's the uh, orderly still. 
turn to 394. Um, 394. This is all just prologue. I hope we get a good gaming time. 17th of December, 16.30 p.m. Why would that be p.m.? It's 16.30. Never mind. I'll, I'll tell David. <laughs> it's the author. Christmas, Christmas, ter Christmas term at, is at a close, and so floor 15 of the humanities department is quiet. Most of the students have left for home, leaving just the postgrads and staff working or talking or just reading. Floor 15 is the university's department for criminal psychology. Large glass windows peer out over the city, which in the dusk light shines out like a beacon of civilization and humanity. From your studies, you know about the city's dark underbelly. Around the edge of the floor are a number of individual or shared offices, each separated by glass windows with closable blinds. In the central center area is a large cluster of desks each piled high with papers, printouts and books. Towards the north end is a breakout area with sofas and chairs and a library of books and journals. Through the break area, breakout area is access to the main stair and lifts, as well as toilets and the kitchenette. Towards the east, there is access to the service stairs. At the south end, the Paternosters continually clatter around, oh, never stop Now we remember them from our uni yes. days. They're awesome, Paternosters. For those uh, who don't know, do you want to explain yeah. what they are? Go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, so, so they're lifts basically, but these were special lifts that continuously move all the way up, go to the top of the building and move left or right vertically and then they start going back down again all the way down to the bottom they move vertically and it's literally you walk on and walk off these things and it's a maximum yeah. of two people inside of them um ours used to break down occasionally and you get stuck in between floors yeah or or right or, at the top all uh, <laughs> right where they used to tell you to get off but yeah. yes as, as a student you didn't care you just went round and round it's too much fun it's too tempting it, it, is, to do that. it was it was incredible <laughs> Yeah, those are awesome. I love those. I, I do mess the pattern also. That was the old style lifts. So cool. So about a dozen postgrads are in the room, working at the desks, trying not to clock watch, although they have no set hours. Doctors and professors professors hide from their students in their offices, pretending to grade papers while sneaking a shot of whiskey or gin. You sit at your desk, staring intently at an article you have been trying to read for about an hour now. This is your fourth time starting starting it, and the content hasn't sunk in this time either. Oh, I know what that's like. You just read something and it doesn't register. <laughs> you sigh and look up. On a wall, a TV shows rolling news. Red banners scrolling right to left with today's breaking stories. God, you are tired. You have pulled on an all-nighter trying to finish your dissertation before the Friday deadline and have not looked up at the TV since before midnight. You struggle to keep your eyes open, but they won't focus on the small text on the article. 
To refocus your eyes, you try to stare into the distance and you notice the lead story on the TV. The VT shows a live feed from downstate. Police and ambulances with flashing lights cover the scene. People mill around, reporters try to get comments and police try to look busy. You pick out the white type on the banner underneath the images. At first, you can't seem to face up to the facts, but then your green eyes widen and fill with tears. Oh shit, you say, to no one in particular. Your character starts here, turn to 69. Well, we're finally in the story, our character started. Yes. 69, dude. I don't know what that means. There's no reference to anything I've ever heard. There's no reference to anything at all. <laughs> Why would they do that just as your character starts? <laughs> no reason at all. So, uh, for the next hour, you sit at your desk, staring into space, unable to process what you have just seen on the TV. It's taken you 20 years to get over what happened on that night. And now it all floods back. You had blocked out that Today is the anniversary of those terrible events. The screams, the blood, the smell, everything. Years of therapy and waking up in cold sweats. The only thing that kept you sane was that you were safe and out of harm. Yeah, and now... Stuck in that paternoster. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> Just get off the paternoster. <laughs> and now the person, the one person that hates you most in the world is free. The one person who will stop at nothing to find you and hurt you. You know your life is now in mortal danger. Do you want to pick up the phone and call the local police and ask for help? Or would you rather go and see Professor Hancocks and ask him for advice? You have two options. Yeah, the police is too easy though. Let's go ask the professor. Yeah, okay, we're turning to 298 for that. You definitely want to be noting down things you want to backtrack at all now. I think 298. We're asking the professor. Okay. Hancocks is in his office and so you walk over and knock. He signals for you to enter and as you walk in he asks, and how's my star student? I hope your dissertation is almost done. Deadline Friday. Then he sees the pallor of your face and the tears in your eyes. He gets up and walks around his desk and pulls out a chair for you and guides you to sit in it. What's wrong? He asks. It looks like you have seen the devil in the mirror. Okay. The TV outside is not visible from Hancock's office. And so you reach across his table and pick up a small remote. You point it at the small portable TV in the corner of the office and switch it on and then find the news channel. Then you just point. He watches, his eyes wide in shock. Hancocks is one of the few in the university who know of your history. Years ago, you changed your surname as the weight of your family name was too much to bear. However, over the years, you have come to trust Hancocks, and one night you told him all. So is that where your twin was being treated? You nod and he ends. Oh, oh my God. But Penny not anymore. Dropped. Penny's just dropped who it is. Who, who I am. Yeah, I thought I was the police officer still, but I'm not. I am the twin. So yeah. I am either Isaac or Thomas, the kid who was sitting there. I, I think Thomas is dead. I think you're playing Isabel. 
Because you, you, girl. Yeah, I think uh, that's the case. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, now carry on. Okay. Yeah, you can you carry on. What do okay, because I, th- I thought. Because I, I thought when, based on what we heard him say, he smiled about mummy dad, sad about the uh, the twin, yeah. his twin being killed. Are they no? Because so his were twin they triplets. Okay, so going back to who was in, who the children were, there was Thomas who was sixteen, I think it was. Yeah. And then there were the two ten-year-old twins. Ah, they're the ten. Okay, they were the twins. I kept thinking one of the twins died, but it wasn't. Ah, okay. okay. So I thought now we're playing as the boy who was wrongly put into prison, not the girl. No, it looks like we're playing the girl now. Ah, okay. Because I I think the girl did the killing. But there we go. Maybe maybe that's why he's so mad. Now he is a killer. Yes. Well, justice. Sorry, I've ruined the thing. If that is a great twist, but if it's not, carry on. <laughs> we'll see. Be a cool twist. I, I honestly haven't got much further than this myself. So let's carry on. I know the history between you and your sibling. Are you in any Before danger? Before you go on, one last yeah. thing. Is this is this guy like who wrote this book? Do you think he's a big fan of Will Smith? Why is that? Because. He named same, himself after Will Smith character, Mike Lowry. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the professor that we're speaking to is Hancock, okay. which is a Will Smith movie, Hancock. Oh, yeah, Hancock's, yeah. Yeah, so is he a Will Smith fan? Um, I'll, I'll have to ask him. I, um, yeah. He does frequent the Facebook groups of um, you know, game book, game book um, fans and creators and things. So we can get on there and ask him or maybe we can Twitter him as well. Yes, I think we should. I think that's a mystery that needs to be solved. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you nod and reply, yes, and anyone around me. So yes, you're in danger, if I didn't read that. Have you informed the police? Asked Hancocks. If you phoned the police earlier, turn to that. If you haven't yet, turn to that. So we're turning to two. We haven't phoned the police yet, no. We haven't found, phoned the police, so let's go there then. Two, three, nine. You shake your head and Hancock's, or Hancock, if you want to call him that, grabs the phone from his desk and dials. He starts to talk into the receiver and then stops, looking puzzled. He put the he puts the phone down and picks it up again and frowns. Odd, he says. There's no dialing tone. Oh, you start to shake. Oh my God. Hancock swears and says, the electrics in this building are just shoddy. There's nothing to worry about. And and then the world goes dark. You say, it's too late. It's too late. Lose one sanity point. Are we lost a sanity point? Losing a sanity point. We we started at 12, so we're going down to 11 sanity already. Oh. Yeah, we've got 11 sanity now. Do you need a reminder of your stats? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I wrote them down. The sanity um, always starts at 12 in this book. So it gives a, a fighting chance. Three, nine, six. I bet that is inevitable that you lose that, actually. Because it means, yeah, it means if you ever test, you've always got a chance to fail the sanity test. If it stayed at 12, you'd never have a chance to fail the first one. Of course, but yeah. That's just a note. I was just thinking. So three, nine, six. Was it 396 we were turning to? I've forgotten already. Yeah, it is. Okay. Meanwhile, 
the figure in white stands and stares up at the tall building. Before it was plummeted into darkness, there was very few lights on. The main activity was in a floor just below the roof. Now the building is in darkness. The figure looks up at the external power cabinet and it's now jumbled wires. The figure closes the door of the cabinet and walks toward the automatic front door. With no power, the door remains closed. Haha, he's sport his own plan. He can't get in. The figure places their hands between the two double doors and feels for the edge of each door. With tremendous strength, the figure forces both doors to slide open, protesting as they do. Then the figure enters. The doors slide shut again due to the mechanics of the mechanism. Okay. The figure looks at the department list and sees the name. Department of Biochemistry and Microbiology, Floor 4, and Department of Criminal Psychology, Floor 15. The figure heads to the north stairs and starts starts to climb. Turn to three, four, seven. So do you know what's going on there? It's trying to get in. Looks like we're seeing the perspective of the, the killer or yes. supposed killer so far. Yes, we don't know. Accused killer. OK, three, four, seven. How do you know? Asks Hancocks. I just do. Maybe it's a twin thing. But when we were kids, we always knew where the other was. It seems that hasn't changed even 20 years on. As for the first time in a long time, I know that we are both in the building, this building, and that soon we will meet again. Why? asked Hancocks. You shrug and reply almost casually, so that I can die. Turn to 290. This is scary. Freaky. 290. Hancocks slumps back in his chair. Is he dead? No, I don't think so. Deep in shock. This is a man who was interviewed, who has interviewed some of the most infamous mass murderers and serial killers in the country, but only ever when they were in cuffs and behind a perspex barrier. The thought of encountering one without these safeguards has terrified him to the bone. You realise you have to act. Eric, you shout, because that was his name. We don't have much time or this department will become a bloodbath. Or bath in less in, from up north. <laughs> Everyone who has ever met me is at risk. Everyone will be killed. This, I should note that the uh, the cover of this, which you have seen, is like is made up to be like a proper hat slasher B movie videotape. So that's kind of what the vibe we get, we get he is going for. Um, you look out through the dividing windows window into the common area of the department. The emergency lighting has kicked in and you can still see at least five others in the department and they are all in danger. Get up. We need to tell the others. Hancock remains slumped in his chair. You don't have time for this, but you try. Come on, Eric. We have to leave. Turn to 55. He's dead. They're all dead. Um, Eric relents and agrees to come with you. You both walk out into the main room. Standing together, chatting are the remaining postgrads still in the building. You know them all and quickly assess them. In the room are, okay, we've got a whole list of people here. You might want to take notes, I don't know. 
Anna Sellers, first, or just note that it's paragraph 55 if you want to go and look at it again. Anna Sellers, first year master's student, 23, smart and practical. Charles Bond, second year master's, mature student, 46, pig headed and arrogant. Uh, the classic nice. lineup. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he can die, Charles Bond, 47 year old. Yeah, Charles Bond, right, he can die. Ellie Newcomb, Newcomb, female, she can survive. Final year PhD student, 32, very bright, but very I mean, quiet. Final year, she should survive. I mean, PhD's yeah. hard, so yeah. let's try and save that one. Okay, noted. Henry Waldron, first year PhD, 28, confident, clever, clever mouthed, and finally, well, and finally, Rosie 20, Rosie 20 men, that's a strange surname. Like you, a final year master's student, 25, funny, clever, lively, lovely, it says. Uh, the only one we want to save is the PhD student because they're in the final year. A master's degree is two years in the US, one year in the UK. So it's not a big loss, to be fair, so if the rest of them cannot fodder. Let's try and rescue um, Elaine. Is it Ellie? Uh, no. Ellie Newcomb. Ellie, Ellie, yeah. Let's yeah. let's keep make sure she stays. I feel like I should she could, write these out, but I won't. No, because... we, we wanted to we wanted to complete that PhD. She's so very invested years into that. Yeah. Oh, yes. We uh, we uh, appreciate that. Yes. After our years in the Paternoster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't get off. Long time in that Paternoster to get a degree and a master's in your case. Um, you realise that all their lives are in danger because of you. You shout out and they all stop talking and turn and stare. You realise you only have a few minutes. What will you say to them? If you want to say, come with me if you want to live. Oh, <laughs> classic line. That's an amazing line, yes. Come with me if you want to live. Or you can say, I need you to listen very carefully. This is probably the most important thing anyone has ever said to you. What movie is that from? It's got to be another movie, right? It has to be a reference, pop culture reference somewhere, yeah. Well, finally, you can say, follow me, we need to leave. Which ah, you got to go with Terminator. you got to yeah? go with the Terminator line, yeah. Okay, so we're That's on the one. Five. We need to turn to 311 then. Okay. Come to me if you want to live. <laughs> That's perfect. Six. You shout out, come with me if you want to live. In the best <laughs> <Arnie> voice. <laughs> they will stop and look at you in, in amazement, which soon turns to amusement. Steady on, Arnie, says Henry, and all the <laughs> others laugh. <laughs> you even hear Eric behind you sniggering despite the tension. No, seriously, listen to me. You almost plead to, plead to them, turn to 67. <laughs> Oh no, I was hoping that would work. Let's see what happens. <laughs> They'd laugh at us. Lose one charisma point for, oh. for starting off so badly. Oh no. <laughs> Turn to 63. So we'll go to 63. Get it ready. And I'll just remove one off of your oh, charisma. Yes. We're down to nine charisma. That was a good one as well. We had such high ones for that. So I think that's bullshit. No, no offense, offer, but I, if, if you came in and done an Arnold Schwarzenegger line, that would up for my charisma. For sure. I mean, I'd be like, wow, everyone, that's so funny. It's so cool. Everyone would have loved it, yeah. yeah. But did, I guess did, 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 they need you to take it seriously. Did, 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 yeah. 
Oh, well, I thought that was awesome. After a bad start, you managed to get them to listen. All of you, you are in grave danger. My real surname isn't Anderson. It's Bone. I changed my name as my family were straightened, slaughtered 20 years ago by my twin. Well, that's one way to say this. Everyone stops and looks at you, staring open-mouthed. Okay, the Bone Massacre is one of the most infamous crimes in this country. Books have been written about it. TV episodes have been shown and even a low budget film was made a few years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> the story of a set of twins one of whom murdered the whole family apart from the other twin is legend the savagery of the murders almost unsurpassed especially as they were committed by a child if you've seen the news today then you'll know what that my twin the killer escaped this asylum early this morning and is already here somewhere in the building intent on killing me and anyone else I know we need to escape and now Eric who knows the full story shakes his head terrified and runs into his office and hides well, realizing you can waste no more time you try to convince the others of their danger test your charisma yes Got charisma nine now because of the army line. Um, let's throw these dice. We need to get nine or less. Let's see what the rolls do today. We got six. Nice. Did, Did it. it. Two nine seven. Two nine seven. Two nine seven. Mm -hmm. For a moment, they all stare at you in silence, and then Rosie says in a small, scared voice, "So, what do we do?" You reply, we can't stay here. The phones are gone. The main power has gone. There's only the emergency lighting. I have no doubt in my mind that we have only minutes. So what do you suggest? Asks Charles. Oh no, they put us in, in charge now. You assess your options. If you want to try taking the stairs by the lift, turn to there. If you would rather try the stairs to the east of the floor, Oh, you know, with the Paternoster, you get stuck. We gotta go stairs. I love the Paternoster, but there is a the chance. Both stairs, but the stairs by the lift or the stairs away from the lift. Oh, I see. Do um, we avoid the Paternoster area? Um, no, you go in that direction. Cause say you get, say you get um, cornered, then you can choose the other option. Yeah. You head towards the stairs. Or maybe he's coming up. Paternoster. Exactly, run down trapped. the steps. Get trapped, no, run down the steps, won't we? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'd hit the stop button. Oh, yeah. Was there a stop button? I don't remember that. Um, so we're going to go towards that way, yeah? Yes. 183. If you didn't note the last paragraph, there's no going back. 183. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we're gone already. 183. All of you run into the north stairwell and start taking the stairs two at a time. It's going downstairs, you can take more than two. You soon spread out due to the age fitness. Charles, rather surprisingly, is in the lead. Oh, that 47-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a jock. Followed by Anna. Then Henry and Ellie. You stay with Rosie. They are out of sight when you hear yelling and then screams. You stop frozen in fear at the top of the stairs with Rosie. Um, Henry and 
Ellie stop a few steps down in front of you. The screaming continues. You all look out at each other. The screaming stops. Panicking and without rational thought, you all run, run back up to the 15th floor. You fear for Charles and Anne and Anne. Turn to 280. Um, I think uh, we don't know specifically if they're dead or not. So I guess we don't. Maybe she just fell over. Because we should be losing sanity if anyone dies. But oh, okay. as an extra. But and we don't know what happened to them yet, really. So uh, I guess we'll just leave that hanging. So 280. You all stagger through the door back onto the 15th floor. Between deep breaths, Henry shouts, what the hell was that? What the hell happened down there? Slowly and as calmly as you can, you say, they are dead. And so will we be if we stay here. But then the door flies open from the north stairwell. Turn to 3.13. Oh, maybe they're alive. Anna bursts through the door. She runs over. She is covered in blood, but none of it appears to be hers. They all look at her, shocked. None. Oh, none. Anna, where's Charlie? Asked Henry. Oh, I wonder. Dead, she replies in a quiet, unemotional voice. He killed her. Beat his head in Wait. until it was just a bloody mess. I, I had to run. So Ch- Charlie was say... Gail. Okay. Um, no, let's see. He killed her. Oh, yeah. Charlie could have been a girl. I'm confused now. I thought Charlie was a boy. I know. That's, that's why we let him be killed. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. We had no Oh. Okay, so oh. we are... We have just a sanity point, I think, because someone died uh, and our survivors has gone down to six. So I'm going to note that because I think that's the case. Our sanity has gone down to ten. Oh, someone's dead. That's what happens. She tails off as emotion overtakes her. Reduce your survivor number by one. And it doesn't mention fantasy, but it said it at the beginning to do that, so I don't know. Anna, there's nothing you could have done. And if we stay here, we will all end up like Charlie. You tell her, you want to be compassionate, but realise you need to be practical. Then what now? asks Rosie. We can't go down the north stairs. The lifts and paternoster are down. There's only the east stair, which will take us down to the 10th floor you suggest the 10th floor shouts henry we've just run up past that we could have gone straight off we could have got straight off there or you you all stand there feeling stupid or unfortunate really no but if we done that we may have been followed this way we can try to get out sneak down the east stairs and across the 10th floor to the north stairs which will take us to the lobby that was the plan they all look at you dubiously, but you set off for the east stair, turn to 270. Oh, we have to go down the east stairs now. Uh, so close. We could run up the Paternoster. No, we have to go down, don't we? Yeah, we're down. Well, I think we're on the top floor by the sounds of it. Yeah, we're on 15. We need to come Pretty down. Pretty high. The worst place you want to be, 15 floors up. Um, you reach the east stairwell and are about to head down when Henry stops. He says, I've been thinking. It's just one person. You lot go. I'll wait and take care of it all. 
I'm not scared, I'll wait. And heads up the east staircase. You don't have time to argue, but just shake your head in disappointment. You lead the others down the stairs as Henry disappears up them to find an ambush point. Elsewhere on the 15th floor, Eric sneaks out of his office and runs down the north staircase as if the devil is on his tail. He reaches the 8th floor, turning the, right, turning the right-angled corner onto the landing. The lights flickering. He doesn't see the dark shapes and trips over something on the floor and lands with a thud onto something warm and wet. His hands are slick with liquid and he raises them to his face. The lights flicker on and his hands are covered with a dark liquid. He looks down and sees the bodies of Anna, Charles and Henry. How did they all get there? How did Henry get there? Well, he was going upwards, wasn't he? Charles was Charles and Charles is dead. Anna and Henry. But I thought Anna came upstairs with the blood and said. Yeah, she did. And Henry went off to fight. Um, Eric screams and screams again. Then Henry's head turns towards him. His eyes stare at Eric and Henry's mouth opens and closes, but no sound comes out. The eyes plead at Eric, but he pushes him away across the wet floor. He tries to stand up but slips in the thick blood, falling once more. He scrambles to his feet, just like a horror movie, and runs even faster, his eyes wide with horror of what he's seen and the horror that he's left Henry still alive. He knows that without help, Henry will die in a few minutes. He runs and runs faster down the stairs, Floor seven, floor six, floor five, floor four. Then he trips and falls full length as something comes into contact with his ankle. Some sort of wire that's been tied across the stairs about knee high. He hears a clicking sound. Turn to 386. So a lot of people are dying now. Not sure what's going on here. Maybe, maybe, yeah. We'll see, I guess. Henry hides around the corner, up the stairs towards the 16th floor, waiting. He feels confident in his ability. He's dealt with bigger blokes on the rugger, on the rugby pitch. He waits. He pulls his head into fists, his hands into fists, sorry. Then the door opens. Henry peeks around the corner and sees a shadow on the 15th floor landing. He waits a bit longer. The shadow moves and a figure comes into sight. God, that's one big son of a bish, he thinks. The figure continues up the stairs, tall and broad, but not fat. Muscle. The figure walks past Henry's hiding place and now Henry can see the large back of the figure. Henry creeps down the stairs. So he's on the 15th floor again now and alive and fine. Why is he creeping past him? This was his whole plan was to ambush him. Him, Yeah. His only doubt in his mind is that he doesn't want to hit anyone from behind. Ugh. It just isn't fair. Why did you do that? Henry. Come on, this is life or death. Henry approaches and taps the figure on the left shoulder. It turns slowly. <laughs> Henry unleashes a left hook. The head snaps to the side. 
Then a right hook. Again, the head snaps back. Then jabs. One, two, three, four. The head rocks from side to side, but the figure doesn't take a step back. Henry thinks, so this is the big bad. Not so tough. One more ought to do it. He swings. A great roundhouse punch. One fifteen. You're dead. Hmm? You're dead, Henry. You're dead. Yeah, I hope so. One, I'm confused, and two, stupid. Henry's large fist swings, flying through the air, round to connect with his opponent's chin. It hits. The blonde head spins around, but then straightens. Okay. Yes, he's blonde. Henry stops in amazement. The figure just smiles at him. He hits again, again. Again, each time, the figure just stands there, takes the punch and smiles. He tries again, putting everything into a fight, into a right cross. His fist flies through the air and slaps into something solid, a large hand. Then his wrist twists viciously. Henry screams as his whole arm is twisted. Tendons snap, bones break, muscles tear. Henry's, arm, Henry's right arm hangs limp by his side. He's always been wrenched out of his sockets. Henry gamely tries to swing again with his left. This, With contemptuous ease, his blows are slapped away. Then a straight punch like a pile driver t- strikes Henry's jaw. This time his head snaps back. He falls. His head strikes the hard concrete floor. He lies still. The figure carries on down the stairs. Reduce your Henry. by one. Huh? Oh, stabs him right. It was him when he was looking. Yeah. Why would you give him a chance to kill everyone? To stab everyone in the back, you know that, Henry. Exactly. I mean, you, you, I should have shot that kid when I had the chance. Yes. This goes to show, sometimes, like, go with your gut instincts. I did think, shoot him. <laughs> you did think, shoot him in, when he was a 10-year-old kid watching, watching TV. <laughs> Yeah. This goes to show. Um, a few floors below, you hear Henry scream. You hear Henry screams and then silence. You reach the 10th floor and open the door. Anna, scared beyond belief, says, I can't do this. I can't run. Anna? No, not Anna as well. She sees a cleaning cupboard and walks inside, hiding. You go to talk to her, but you can hear footsteps above. You push Rosie and Ellie through the door. Okay, so it looks like we're losing Anna. I guess that's why she's going to die in a bit. I think our timeline's a bit confused. Yeah, maybe it jumps. We, we knew she's dead. Yeah, we knew she was going to die. Um, 19. Looks like we're about to see Anna die, I think. The first word of this paragraph is Anna. Anna, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling... Um, so Anna hides in the back of the cupboard. I need to bring our sanity down again, I guess, because Henry died. We're down to sanity nine. Henry, uh, um, Anna hides in the back of the cupboard. At head height, there are small hor- horizontal vents in the door. She can hear the others go through the door, and the door bangs shut. She then hears the tramp of footsteps down the stairs. A giant figure shambles through, cutting out the little light into the cupboard. Anna tries not to move, tries not to breathe. 
the shadow remains for a long moment and then moves on. Anna lets out her brief her breath in relief. Then the door is pulled open and a large figure fills the doorway. Anna tries to scream as the figure enters the cupboard and its large hand reaches out to seize her throat. Anna tries to fight back, but it's all in vain. Reduce your survivor number by one. Yeah, we knew it dead. Another dead one? They're just dropping. Oh no, not Anna. I guess that's survivors down to four. Yes, we've only got Rosie left, Ellie, and us. Yeah. Three. And maybe the professor downstairs, downstairs still? I'm quite sure about that. What, what, what number were we turning to? Do you remember? <laughs> I can't remember that. I was just trying to uh, scrub off the names. Um, let me just check if I can find it. So Anna, 27. Okay. You, Rosie and Ellie go through the door. Hmm. Okay. And look around. You are in the student union. Yes, we did it. In the student union bar. Hooray. Yes. But it's now the dead. We did yes. it. It's time to celebrate surviving and drink. Of course it is. And fornicate and not get drinks. murdered at all. But it's now all closed and in darkness for the holidays. Oh, oh no. Help us out. If you want to try to barricade the door, or if you want to run for the north stairs, which should we do? Barricade the door. Yeah. 317. Yeah. Let's go. How are we doing for time? So we've got maybe 10 minutes left. We'll see how we get on. And then if we manage to stay alive, we'll have to decide whether to continue sometime. So 317. Uh, looking around, you see that there's a pool table a few feet away. You gesture to Rosie and Ellie, asking for help to move it. Test your charisma. OK, so our charisma is nine still which is a bit it's quite high wasn't it yeah so we just need nine or less which is pretty good odds but let's see how we do six again yeah so if you pass turn to one five two uh, five two rosie nods in agreement and grabs ellie who is about to run for the north stairs door Whew. All three of you get around the side of the table and push as hard as you can. Test your combined strength. Rosie has strength of eight and Ellie seven. Add these to your strength and roll five six-sided dice. If you roll more than your strength, um, if you roll less, turn to there. So we need to roll five dice. Okay. So our strength is, what is our strength? It's very low. It's eight plus eight. eight plus seven. What's that? That's um, 15, 23. Add five dice. 23, so we'll just add more dice. We can do that on there. So it means less than 23. Throw, and I think this adds up for us as well. We got 15 total, nice. We did it. See, I think. you need that much strength. Ah, 296. Two, 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 two
In unison, you all push on the table, which is now on wheels. It groans as you manage to push it across the laminated floor towards the door. Five feet to go, now four feet, then three, sweat beads on your brows. Then you hear footsteps thudding down the stairs behind the door. You push harder, two feet, then one. The handle on the door starts to turn. Then the door starts to open. It bashes against the table, now only a few inches from the door. You hear a grunt of frustration. A hand reaches through, a large blood-stained hand with long, yellowing, cracked fingernails. It reaches through and tries to get leverage in the doorway. If you want to pick up a pull cue and hit the hand, turn to that. If you want to carry on pushing and try to force the door closed, turn to that. You've got to hit his hand. You've got to hit the professor's hand, Professor Hancock. <laughs> Do you think it's him? I'll definitely knock the hand off then, yeah. Yeah, hands off, man. No touchy. Hand off my female survivors. Yeah, for me. <laughs> 94. Turn to 94. Um, grabbing a cue, you run to the door and reverse it, okay, so that you are swinging the heavier handle. That's smart. You bring it down on the hand and you hear a snapping noise as fingers break. Oof. You hear a moan and the hand withdraws. You slam the door closed and all three of you manage to push the table against the door. You have brought some precious time. All right, that was successful. And we broke some fingers. We did it. Yeah. High fives. Six. I think he's dead now. He's going to die from um, <laughs> finger loss, bone loss. In terms of six, all three of you stand there panting, sexy, uh, leaning against the pool table, getting your breath back. Um, but then the table starts to move. You all panic and run toward the north stairs. Well, what's the point in saving that time? And then you stood there panting. You well, reach the fingers. Yeah, you reach the stairs. At the same time, a fleeing male in the north stairs reaches the fourth floor. Aha, so that's that's uh, Hancock's, I guess. They trip over a wire, pulling a pin from one of the large canisters. The large canister of butane gas left as a trap explodes as it meets the flame of a blowtorch left burning next to it. Nasty. The fireball blows him backwards and shards of the metal canisters pierce his body like shrapnel in a dozen places, cruelly tearing his flesh. But he is dead in seconds. Reduce your survivor by... Oh, he's one of ours. He's one of our survivors. That, that, was, that was our Professor Hancock's down on the, on, on the lower floor earlier. Yeah, he deserved to die. Yeah, he shouldn't run off into the. What he run off by himself, didn't he? He didn't even help. Exactly, he didn't even help all his young, his like students. Yeah, he didn't care. He deserves to die definitely. The fireball continues up the narrow stairwell, reaching the tenth floor in a matter of seconds, which is where we are, I think. I'm guessing. One, nine, three. Bloody Hancock's. Okay. Ellie is in the lead and is about to enter the stairwell just as the fireball climbs up the enclosed space. Oh, she's going to get fried. She is engulfed in flames. Oh, Rosie. She's the one we wanted to keep alive. She's a PhD. Oh, no. 
you know, this could be the end for us. <laughs> Rosie behind you pulls the, pulls you back almost in time, but the intense heat still singes you. Lose two endurance points and reduce your survivor number by one. So let's do that quickly. Um, unfortunately, that takes takes out the intensity of me while well, I have to do that. 22 endurance survivor number is down to two. Our sanity is now down to six because of all these deaths, which isn't good. Um, your sleeve catches fire from the flames and you start to burn. Rosie, acting quickly, sees a fire extinguisher by the doorway and grabs it. She turns it on you and then and one blast puts out the fire. But then she screams. Lose one sanity point. Another sanity point. Another one. This is crazy. We're not gonna we're we're not gonna succeed any sanity rolls at this rate, if we get any. Um, the large figure has got through the door and is almost on you. Without thinking, Rosie sprays the extinguisher. There's a scream as the gas hits. Then Rosie swings the heavy metal canister at the blonde head and it connects. The figure falls to the floor. Do you want to tell Rosie to swing the extinguisher again? Yes. Or if you would rather run and hide. Ah, whack him, whack him while he's down. Okay, turn to three, seven, two. Again, Rosie, again, you shout. Use the extinguisher again, Rosie. (laughs) Awesome. Rosie looks round at you, unsurely, but then nods. She lifts the extinguisher and goes to bring it down on the blonde head. 60, turn to 61. Um, what happens? I've got a feeling this is um, going to turn out to be... What's his name? Who went up to fight? Let's see. The green eyes open and a hand shoots out and catches the heavy extinguisher. Oh, no. Twisting it from Rosie's grasp. Then, with one quick swing, the extinguisher strikes Rosie in the head. There's a sickening thunk as the thick metal hits Rosie's skull. Bones crack and blood flows. Rosie falls to the floor, eyes staring ahead, but her eyes see nothing. You scream a mixture of anger, hatred and loss. You manage to wrestle the extinguisher away and you... Bring it down. Okay, you're bringing it down on whoever that was. Um, reduce your survivor number by one. Another one. We're down to one. That's just us left, basically. And I guess sanity down to four, which seems a bit extreme. Turn to three, eight, eight. So it's just us and our twin already. Your grief for your friends, you, your grief for your friends, you, but mainly Rosie, clouds your judgment and aim, and aim. And when you bring the extinguisher down, the blow is deflected. It flies from your hands and skids across the floor. The figure sits bolt upright, smiling. Hi, little sis. <sighs> da, da, da. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hi, little sis. You say to her, that's confusing. Uh, your twin sister Isabel just continues to smile back. I'm confused now. Maybe this is the twist. 
Lose one sanity point as you stare into your twin's green eyes. You scramble backwards on all fours like a crab and then turn and climb to your feet and run towards the back bar area of the Union, hoping you can find a weapon. Turn to 301. So is, was that the twist that you predicted? Is it, has it swapped us characters around? I thought so. I thought it's always going to be the girl who's the killer. Remember I said to you the green eyes? Hi, little sis. Yeah, she's got the green eyes. I don't know who's got green eyes anymore. <laughs> they both got green eyes. They do. They both have. Yeah. You have almost made it to the bar when a large hand grabs you on the shoulder, spins you around. Isabel then grabs you under both arms and, li and lifts you effortlessly. She slams you down onto the tabletop at an angle so the swall of your back hits the hard oak bar edge. You feel a jolt of pain. Isabel's the killer. We're, we're Isaac. We're Isaac and Isabel's the, 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 the killer. The girl. Isn't the killer. You feel a jolt of pain. She raises you up again and slams you back down again and again. The pain slowly gives away, gives way to numbness. Then she drops you to the floor and floor. you land in a heap and try to get to your feet, but your legs remain stuck out in front of you. You realise you can't as much as move your little toes. You must have broken your back. She crouches down in front of you and lifts your chin so that you are staring into her green eyes. She smiles almost lovingly and says, Brother, dearest. And then with a quick movement, she places one hand behind each ear and twists. The oh. crack is sickening as she breaks your neck. Oh, killed us. And that's it. There's no, there's oh. no turn to. No. We made it to the end of a book. Yay. Did it. But to, to be it. fair, I, I, I felt like it was her. Yeah. I did, I did say, after not shooting the boy at the start, I did. Yeah changed my mind when she saw her at the police station i said that ah, she's the killer yeah and still still the she killed I, us the thing i don't understand though is um at, at the beginning it was the boy isaac laying there who turns around smiling about the dead parents yeah. and it's the girl who's just hiding away and looking scared but then she's how did the killer but then yeah if, so if she's the killer then why did they put her away how did they find out it was her i guess they would have interviewed and stuff after that to find out that it was actually her and put her away but yes you were right that's, that's a good one there that's a good there's one there's a little bit of a plot twist there yeah i loved it no that's that was great um we'll, we'll put the reference to the book and where you can get a copy of the book for yourself so you can play along yes 11.99 in paperback uh, 2.99 in kindle on amazon uh, there's no hardback currently. David Lowry. <laughs> David, Mike Lowry's brother. A fan of Smith. So, yeah, that, that's, that's taken us the hour. So uh, do you want to give it any other review points? No, I, I enjoyed it. I was, um, I think I think I shot the kid too early. <laughs> but, um, I got the twist. Uh, a lot of people were <laughs> dropping like flies, which was really... Uh, they died really quickly. They died anyone. really quickly. I was expecting yeah. 
So yeah, I, as a bit of inside knowledge, I know that, that some of the influence for this book was the Die Hard um, series. Like, you know, you're trapped in a building, you yeah. have to try and sneak around and escape a bit. So I'm surprised that everyone died so fast before we even get into, I would have expected to have ended up in a uh, air vent, but maybe we don't. Oh yeah, I, I was surprised no, by that. I liked the way it ended. That was good. You got further um, than me. Oh, did me, I? Yes, I, I read the I read the prologue, and then the first time it gave me a choice to make as to uh, what line to come out with, I, I couldn't decide what to say. Like, it was too it was too nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you did better than me. You made the decision. Made it, but it was it was, it was pretty obvious. I had to go for the Terminator line. Terminator line, yes. Maybe we can try it again someday, or, or at least I will try it sometime and see what the other lines might have done. Maybe you prefer yes. that. Yeah, I, I'd yeah. like to know how much better it can be. Can anyone survive? Um, yeah. Maybe if you take the east stairs first. Don't they? Ah, oh, instead of putting the pool, but then we would have blown up. I don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, I mean Jump the first. Ahead. Anyway, yeah. So that's. That was Psycho Killer by David Lowry. Uh, thank you, my guy Brig, for playing. And yeah, thank, thank you for, for our listeners for playing along, listening along. Yeah, thank you for hosting my guy Monkey. And how can they contact us, as always? Uh, yes, well, you can tell them today, then. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, wherever you find your podcast needs, we are My Guy Reviews. We have a weekly podcast which is about video game adaptations. But today's Halloween special, so we do a Halloween special episode. Um, contact us on Instagram, my guy reviews on Twitter, my guy reviews at gmail.com, and YouTube as well. And thanks for listening. Subscribe, tell a friend, write comments, rate us, whatever you do, all that cool jazz. Thanks for Excellent. listening. Thank you very much, Rick. And bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, bye. Oh, it's me that's talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant you. <laughs> <laughs> my guy reviews the podcasts